You're listening to the Analuya podcast, where faith and animation collide. Each episode, we'll discuss the various topics in animated movies and TV shows, while also sharing our thoughts and opinions as they relate to faith and spirituality. Get ready to raise a hallelujah. It's time for Analuya. And you're locked into another episode of the Analuya podcast. My name is Josh, and just finishing up prepping all of our smoothies for the week and beyond my wife Rebecca. Well, what an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Well, I got to it has to be something different each time. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, and I we mean, did prep 21 smoothies. Yeah. Well, plus with you're pretty boring it's like, all right, there's my wife, there's Hans. <laughs> and that, that's not going to get people excited. It's like, well, I don't want to listen to Rebecca. <laughs> Doubtful. <laughs> Just saying. But yeah, Uh, the reason that we did prep 21 smoothies is we got a chest freezer. Apparently the last one, the last one in Colombia, because of the whole thing in, you know, Ukraine and Russia that started like, you know, a few months ago, everybody was doing the same prep then, buying all the Chester freezers and getting all the meats and frozen stuff. Yeah. But we got it and uh, we're loving it so far. (laughs) Yeah. Only had it a couple hours, but yes. And by prepping smoothies, we mean putting all of the ingredients in a Ziploc bag and putting that in the freezer, not like actually making the full smoothie and blending it up. Yeah, that, comes, that, that would that, be crazy. That comes later, when you want to consume it, basically. Right, <laughs> exactly. It makes it much easier. Dump the whole bag in, put your water in, you're done. Simple. That's right. Well, again, this month, the month of September, we had just finished uh, Shrek Tender. And we're like, well, wait, we have one more Friday left in the month. What are we going to do? Well, luckily enough, we have a guest with us today that I am very excited about. Rebecca, if you'll go ahead and do the honors and introduce our guest for this episode. Yeah. So today we actually have Mia Sai. So she was actually diagnosed with autism at the age of 26, um, but she gave her life to Christ um, after a miraculous encounter and has been actively pursuing him ever since. She's continually learning how to navigate the world as a neurodivergent Christian in a joyful manner and aspires to help others to do the same. Um, and she also strives to help contribute to bridging the gap, um, the, of the neglected gap between autism and Christianity. You can usually find her watching anime, gaming, or snuggling with her cat. Welcome to the show, Mia. Hi, thanks for having me. This is cool. We're happy to have you on as well. So neurodivergent, for our audience that may not know what that is, what is that? Yeah, so um, it's kind of hard to define in plain terms, but basically it's um, no brains that work differently or like um, brain wiring that isn't what's considered to be quote unquote normal or typical. You know, it's how we think and how we process and how we perceive the world around us, um, things like autism, ADHD, dyslexia, um, all these things that are uh, common, but not the majority of the population or what we would call neurotypical. And these things are usually um, considered to be disabilities, uh, but you know, different people experience them differently. So neurodiversity is basically the umbrella term for all of it. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, that was pretty comprehensive, it seems like. For those who, who don't know I think a lot of people are still using sort of, yeah, the singular terms of the autism and ADHD and which those are still valid. Um, but knowing that they, that's under an umbrella term of neurodivergent, that's interesting. Um, and I guess just like the little disclaimer I like to give um, is like in regards to autism, I consider myself knowledgeable, but I'm not an expert. I'm not an autism professional and mostly just speak from my own experiences. Um and whatever amount of studying I've done, but um, you know, I don't speak for all autistic people. Uh, one of the um, biggest things that you'll hear in the autism community is that if you've met one autistic person, you've met one autistic person. And so, um, yeah, just that said, and also um, <laughs> I am obviously autistic myself and I have a speech impediment, which sounds like an accent sometimes, so don't mind that. <laughs> Yeah, and for the and yeah, speaking of uh, speech impediments, you know, I struggled with uh, speech and still do from time to time. 
because, you know, S's, R's, um, mm-hmm. a lot of things were just a very uh, big hurdle for me to overcome. And I'm sure anyone who kind of fits into that, um, I guess, description. And it can be quite, you know, debilitating and um, mm-hmm. really mess with my self-confidence for a while. And I've just recently kind of tried to build that up again. Um, but yeah, I, that, that's one thing that, you know, I relate to you, uh, Mia, with having the uh, speech impediment and, you know, it's always comforting to, you know, oh, like I'm not the only one. There's other people that mm-hmm. I know that, you know, have the same uh, thing that they struggle with. Yeah. I mean, I can't even tell with you if that is any consolation, but yeah, like it's always my whole life. It's always been like just me um, out of like anyone that I've known. And yeah, it was tough to even just like, I mean, I was always really, you know, kind of quiet and kind of solo, like a lot more so as a kid than I am now, but it was tough to even just like want to attempt to talk to people because yeah, like the speech stuff and like the monotone voice that I can't do anything about. And you know, people have always, you know, typically been condescending about it. Like, you talk funny. And you know, that used to always make me want to curl up and die until I eventually just got to the place of being like, okay, yeah, I talk funny. What's your point? Yeah, exactly. And you just have yeah. to learn to roll with it. Like, I got a double header. It was a speech impediment. And I also talk really softly. Even Rebecca would like, mm, yeah. now is like, oh, wait, what did she, what did she say? I'm like, and I had to like say it like twice. Mm-hmm. I'll get the megaphone out and we'll, we'll see how that <laughs> uh, Well, tell us a little bit more about yourself. I don't know, your background. I know that's like a kind of a big audacious question, but <laughs> but yeah, tell us a little bit more. Oh, man. Yeah, I feel like whenever I'm asked that kind of question, I immediately forget who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. But yeah, uh, I'm a writer, I'm a Christian, I'm autistic. Um, And yeah, I became a Christian in high school, which is a whole long story. Um, I went to college for social work, which I'm no longer doing. Um, I kind of fell on my face at every position I attempted for many years. Um, And it led to just a lot of soul searching because this is all happening like long before I had any idea about the autism and my own limits. I guess, yeah, just fast forward to now, um, I have a day job, but my main focus is authorship and um, just kind of pursuing the nonfiction path. As of now, I'm a blogger and aspiring memoirist, focusing on both autism and faith together um, in adults, um, because everything's just about kids and they don't talk about us. (laughs) Um, And yeah, like after just being diagnosed in adulthood and finally being able to understand like why I am the way that I am and finding, um, fighting off the shame that I've held on to my whole life, um, which I know I'm not alone in. Yeah. Yeah. That must've been hard to, to, um, I, what led to that place of finally being able to get diagnosed? I'm curious. Yeah. So I had no idea, like I was as a kid, apparently diagnosed with all kinds of different things that just the story kept changing over time. So I don't know, but, um, Yeah, I was kind of, you know, like in college, I kind of like became like super mega extrovert. I was like kind of convincing myself of that. Um, And it was, um, yeah, just kind of, I mean, I pulled it off and like convinced other people and myself that like, you know, I didn't have any social issues. I didn't like struggle in these ways that I kind of just kind of pushed down and was in denial about for a while. so I kept doing that until I couldn't anymore um, and didn't know why. It was just kind of like for a couple of years, just like felt like I was losing myself and um, was losing abilities. Like I couldn't like hold conversations with people anymore, or, like handle like even like the most seemingly simple tasks at work and was just like not wanting or able to like just leave the house most of the time. And I just had no idea what was going on. Um, I thought it was all like personality defects, but um, it was just like what I would find out, just typical, normal autism traits that are extremely common. And like, there was nothing wrong with me, but it was just so much like just self-abuse mentally is what I always call it. Um, and, um, you know, I didn't 
like I started in a place and like most people just complete ignorance about what autism even is and what it looks like. And it's kind of like, Oh, that's not me. And like, kind of like diagnosing myself with all these other things um, until I like actually started talking with other autism people and like reading books about it and finding out like what it looks like beyond stereotypes basically. Um, And yeah, I mean, I was, I pretty much knew for a long time, but eventually just kind of got that confirmation when I went to get seen. Yeah. Did that give you um, some freedom? Once you found out, you were like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, eventually it wasn't like an immediate thing. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I think the biggest thing was just like talking to other people and like actually kind of around the same time, like people who I'd known for a long time were also like coming out as autistic. And I was just like, what? Like, I would have like never guessed, but like these people are awesome. So like, what am I, what do I have to be upset about? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's so great. That's so great that you had um, a good support system um, around that time to be like, yeah, you know, it's okay. This is just life. We're living life and, you know, we're all just a little bit different anyway, right? Um, well, what about, uh, tell us a little bit more about your writing. You said you had, you're getting into more um, of the, you said nonfiction and you've also done some fiction work, right? I mean, not like officially, uh, you know, I began this whole like author journey because I wanted to tell my testimony and just kind of talk about things that don't really get talked about in church culture. And writing is the best way that I communicate as speaking is usually not my thing. Um, and here you are in a podcast. <laughs> yeah, taking a lot of stepping out of my comfort zone to sort of do these two, but, uh, and that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we need to be made kind of like uncomfortable to get comfortable with certain mm-hmm. things. So. Well, that's how we grow, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know? A little bit of uncomfort. Yeah. It's like, uh, with stuff like this, it's like, I don't get nervous so much about just like actually doing it, but like, I know that the way I hear my own voice, so I'm kind of going back to that, like, isn't how I actually sound. And I don't like being reminded of that. <laughs> like, oh, like, I don't even hear like my speech impediment stuff. So it's just like when I hear myself like on video, it's like, oh, God. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I'm, I'm doing better at being okay with it. <laughs> That's good. I found that the more, the more you actually hear yourself or watch yourself, the less weird it gets. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that's just it's how I sound. It's how I look, you know, and you can look at it with a critical eye. Now it takes a long time <laughs> to get to that place, yeah. but, um, but yeah, little by little. Yeah. Um, but as far as like fiction goes, like, you know, I did, um, used to write a lot of fan fiction, but like I never let people I actually know read them. And <laughs> now that I write professionally, I always want to tell people like, please, I beg of you all, do not go looking for my old fanfics because they're so stupid and so cheesy. (laughs) Like I love fanfics, but like most of my stuff was just like me needing to get fluff out of my system. And I don't even know where it comes from. Like God only knows, but um, yeah. But then there's like that aspect of creativity where it's like part of you wants to share your stuff with people, even if it's just like a tiny handful of people within the fandom who get it. but then it's like, oh, well, they don't actually know me. So it's fine if they judge. Um, like I'll still sometimes dabble in it now, um, but basically just for myself. And I don't expect anyone to be impressed with my cringy fluff. But yeah, what so are my your policy has always been like, you know, anyone who knows me is not allowed to see them. It's illegal. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What uh, What are your favorite characters to write about? I mean, it depends on what fandom I'm obsessed with at the time. Okay. Um, yeah, what a, I mean, it's usually, yeah, just like, I don't know what it is about, like, just some, like, you know, animes or games or whatever. My brain just, like, latches on to certain characters that I find interesting, and it just becomes an obsession. And it's like, if no one else is, like, writing the story that I want to see, I just do it myself. <laughs> Neat. There's probably a reason why nobody else is doing it because it's just really <laughs> cringe. But <laughs> that's all right. That's what you're here for, right? <laughs> so, um, kind of going back to to our topic of of autism in the church, what is it that you feel like is the biggest disconnect there? 
Well, that's not something that I feel like I can make a blanket statement about. Um, like with a lot of things, I can only speak through my own experience. But yeah. uh, for me, I'd say the biggest thing has been um, like just ignorance to the fact that people like me exist um, and like the unintentional ableism. Um, like not in the sense of like looking down on disability and like infantilizing, but kind of like the opposite end of that where it's like everyone expects you to act neurotypical and think neurotypical and um, for your life and you walk with God to look the same as everyone else. Like, you know, like that mentality of like, you should be able to do these things because church culture doesn't always think about the fact that like, despite how we look, not everyone can sit down and have quiet time every day. Not everyone can go to social events all the time because it's sensory overwhelm. And yeah, you know, like we can't all, um, you know, go on missions trips and lead small groups. Like there's so many things that we shouldn't have to feel bad about. Um, we feel like less than as a Christian because of, um, and it's also like we're not allowed to have interests and hobbies that are like, unless it's like limited to the stuff that's socially acceptable within church culture, like you know, you're allowed to love watching football, but you can't love video games, or at least like that's frowned upon. Um, and if you're like me, who has like intense special interests and hyperfixations, then it's a sin because you're only allowed to love things a little bit. Like there's so many things I feel like just get labeled as sin when it's not even necessarily biblical, but just different. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. I think um, for not just neurodivergent individuals, but just individuals in general, like, oh, well, you like anime? Well, that's a sin because there's some yeah, stuff there's called like hentai. Mock, yeah. and, you like it too much. Right, right, right. And it's like, oh, well, no, there's there's different kinds and there's different uh, different things. And so, okay, so you can't have quiet time, but every single day where it looks a specific way, but maybe there's a different way that you can just go throughout your day having those little conversations. That's how you build relationship. Mm -hmm. And every relationship looks different, it right? Does, yeah. Yeah. Like how you communicate with different friends, uh, your spouse, your, you know, your parents, all of that. Like it's gonna look, it's gonna look different. <clears throat> but yeah, those are really good things to to bring up. And um, yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing and for yeah. talking like, about it. <laughs> yeah, I guess even to just like give an illustration, like where this all even comes from, is like just for a long time, like I felt so much guilt about that, about things like watching anime and like, you know, I wasn't allowed to as a Christian, especially if stuff that did get kind of dark and intense at times because um, of like just a lot of legalism and false beliefs that I was holding on to at the time. Um, even though no one like told me that directly, those are like the underlying messages that I picked up, um, you know, like in anime, like sometimes stuff does get dark and that always made me question like, am I allowed to watch this? I just feel like Christian culture would tell me this stuff is forbidden and unholy and I need to repent. Um, but then my buddy pointed out like, you know, there's going to be evil in basically every story. That's kind of the point. Right. <laughs> in the end that evil's going to be defeated, you know, kind of like yeah. the time we're living in now before Jesus comes back and claims ultimate victory. But exactly. It's yeah. like, you know, I went through that season of like just feeling so weighed down with guilt and shame for just enjoying life and doing non-spiritual stuff. Um, and like, I think I started to crack when I started believing that I had to stop watching, uh, the show we'll be talking about, um, like right when it was getting good and I was just so deeply interested in it. And it was like, on top of all these other things that like I was, um, you know, trying to stop because I thought I had to, and that God was disappointed in me, um, especially given my hyperfixation tendencies that I can't help. Um, but I was like having some, you know, just intense crew sessions and was literally like sobbing to God, like, why can't I watch this show? Like, why am I not allowed to do anything? Because I was like starting to believe that I was only allowed to do like churchy things. Otherwise I was a filthy idolater because I love stuff too much. Um, and like, I didn't get an answer in that because I'm not one of those people who hears audibly from God, never have been, um, but I was like, you know, God, like, I hate that I have to do this. I want to scream, but like, if it's what you want, I'll give it up. Yeah. Um, and just kind of speculating. But like, I imagine if I did get that audible response, he might've been like, whoever said that that's my will for you, like you're assuming things. Um, and like, I guess to be fair, like sometimes he does ask us to give stuff up. Um, 
maybe I was supposed to give it up for the season because actually at the time I was planning my wedding. And so it was like probably best that I focused on that instead of binging a 700 episode show. (laughs) But I just got into this toxic cycle of like just believing that lie that I'm not allowed to do anything. I wouldn't allow myself to do anything um, besides reading the Bible and praying and all that um, until I eventually got connected with a mentor of the church who changed my life. But yeah, I think just that mentality was due in large part to just that um, the popular Christian narrative that those specific things are like the only ways that you can spend time with God, which isn't true. Like he's with us 24 seven, no matter what we're doing. Like if I can spend time with my husband then watching anime, why not Jesus too? And then there's, <laughs> there's also this thing that people like to say of, you know, watching that show or playing that game or eating that chocolate bar, like it's not going to fulfill you. Like only God can fulfill you. It's like, yes, I know. But does that mean I'm not allowed to play that game or eat that chocolate bar and enjoy it? Because like, that's how it translates to me. Like, you know, if this thing is so meaningless and stupid, I just shouldn't do it at all. And I just need to read my Bible and listen to sermons 10 hours a day because that's all that matters, apparently. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it becomes just such like shame-based religion. And like when I'm not feeling joy living that way, it's usually blamed on a lack of faith and it just becomes this vicious cycle. Um, and it, this doesn't need to be that way. So TLDR, but that's like a big focus of what I do now is like pushing back against legalism and just toxic traditional beliefs that aren't even biblically sound, but just chain people down and pointing back to the grace of God and the fact that even if we get stuff wrong, even if I'm like way off on all this, like the blood of Jesus is infinitely more powerful and covers us in everything. Absolutely agree with that. And I resonate with a lot of that legalism stuff because our audience who has listened to the podcast for uh, fairly recently, I talk about, I'll rant sometimes, hey, I grew up in the Pentecostal church. Um, These are some of the things that kind of like surrounded that. And a lot of what you said, hey, that's not going to fulfill you. You should be, uh, the big term when I was, attending a Pentecostal church is you need to press in, you need to press into mm-hmm. God. And if you do that, mm-hmm. you won't want to do any of this other stuff. And like, so if I press into God, I can't watch, you know, ABC, whatever again. And it was just a whole bunch of like, I felt my relationship with God was a checklist. Oh, like, okay. Dad, quiet time. Okay, did I read my Bible? Okay, did I attend youth group? Okay, did I go to Sunday service? Okay, did I go to Sunday evening service? All right, check, check. And it just felt very transactional for a lot of years. Yeah, I think it's an important phrase, too, that both of you guys just said was um, that the church narrative typically is, you know, reading your Bible, getting to know Jesus is the is the only thing that really matters. And yeah, I think to a degree that's, that's true. Like when it comes to our salvation, when it comes to all of that, I think there's a better way to say that though. I think the better way to say it is that is the most important thing, you know, that's the most important thing in our lives, but that doesn't mean that there aren't other important things, but it's the most important. He's not separate from life. Right. Like he doesn't go away when you're not reading the Bible. Right. And like, I spent like so many years trying to, yeah, just like stop doing everything. And like a big thing for me is like, you know, daydreaming about like stories and stuff and fictional characters and just all that hyperfixation stuff. And like, I tried to stop for a while, even though I couldn't, cause that's literally the wiring of my brain. Um, but like during all that time, like people would seriously be like, well, just stop doing that. Just stop thinking about it. I was like, hmm, thanks. Can I stop breathing? Like like all the, yeah, the cliches and the trilogy language, like just trust God more, just spend more time with God. It's like, first of all, not helpful. And also, yeah, it's like now I can say, like, I'm always spending time with God because he's always with me and I'm allowed to enjoy his creation. Um, And of course, yeah, that's not to say that we don't need to do intentional things like Bible reading. Like that's obviously still important, but yeah, it's not the only way to be a quote unquote good Christian. And I think that mentality can even become an idol in itself. Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah, just a work based thing. Yeah, it's a very self righteous um, mm-hmm. mentality. And you can fall so easy into pride 
and um, yeah, and, and keep keep that held up. Yeah, and there's many ways that God reveals himself, right? Okay, so there's two main ways that he reveals himself. He reveals himself, obviously, through his word, and he reveals himself through creation, which would be, mm-hmm. you know, like what we're going to be talking about today and through nature and through, you know, all of these these things. And so, and both are important. Both are the ways that he reveals himself I think this whole podcast is kind of, um, you know, made that point in a way that like, hey, you can like different things and still be a Christian and it still speaks wow, to you. Wow, imagine that. I know. Crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it's even still just like, who me, like there's so much like cognitive dissonance that goes into it when you like hold on to all the legalism for so long. Like I still will catch myself now, like watching something be like, am I sure? Like, is this actually okay? Like, I don't know, just kind of old mind habits, I guess. But yeah, yeah, just kind of like, even when it's probably because most of the time, you know, these messages from church, like the well-intentioned, yeah, just like the way it comes off a lot of times just sends me into spirals like that. Um, It kind (laughs) of... The legalism thing just kind of makes me think of this thing that a friend of mine says, um, shout out to Wolf on Discord, but she says this thing that I love because it's so true that um, a lot of times the church treats Jesus and the gospel as the gateway drug to Christianity. It's like once you're in, like now you got to do all this other stuff to actually be saved and do all these things to fix yourself, which is just not cool. Like, yeah. Jesus and the gospel are what save you. That's kind of the whole point of the gospel. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, that, that is a really good phrase. I like that. <laughs> um, because yeah, I mean, my, you know, what's crazy. What's crazy to me, the more that I read the new Testament in particular, the more I realize most of what Paul talked about is like, no salvation is only through Jesus. You don't have to work for it. Yeah. Other than that. Now you do, (laughs) right? And it's like, yeah, he has good works for you set apart, but it's different. It it comes from a different place. You're like, wow, I am saved. God loves me. I'm secure. I want to do good works. That is the difference between, oh, I have to do good works for God. So he'll love me. And so I'll be saved and I can continue to be in the body of Christ. And it's like, nope, nope. That's not where that comes from. Oh, yeah. 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 I've noticed that a lot about Paul too. And actually um, Colossians and Ecclesiastes are like my big, like go to places through this kind of stuff. Cause it talks about how we should enjoy the little things in life and that God approves of it. Like literally those exact words, God approves of it. And um, you know, Paul talks about like not letting other people disqualify you from the faith with legalism or telling you that you're not doing enough stuff. Um, and he actually speaks against like extreme self-denial, like what I was doing before. Um, yeah, just that emphasis that like Jesus is sufficient. And at first I was like, wait, like the Bible actually says this? Cause it's like, I had read through the Bible before. And it's like, how did I miss that? Um, and I also didn't know, like, you know, the Bible tells us not to judge those who are outside the faith. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, you mean that's not something that just people say just because they don't want people they don't want to make people mad. Like the Bible actually says that, like just so many things that like just get missed or that we forget about. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. I think, yeah, that one definitely gets missed. Uh, you can't judge the people who aren't in the faith because they don't, they don't live by our rules. They don't, they don't know truth yet. And when they do, well, then we can have those heart to heart conversations of, Hey man, you're in sin. I, I, I love you. I want you to, to know that, that you get right with God kind of a thing, you know, that's when it's like, okay, we can, we can do that. But yeah. Well, great. I think this is a great time to, to jump into our main, main topic today. Very excited. Yes. Very excited. And for those of you who are watching the video version, Mia is sporting a very (laughs) stylish headband. Uh, yep. Yeah, Leaf Village headband. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling them, like, yeah, like, it wasn't even the plan, but I got a bad haircut and my bangs are all jacked up. So I was just like, might as well just bring out the Naruto stuff. There you go. All the Kakashi earrings, even though I can't see it. Ah, love it. <laughs> nice. Uh, yes, but we will be talking about Naruto today and obligatory 
Rebecca and I are a little bit late to the game because we just started recently watching. We uh, finished season one like a few days ago. Uh, it was literally yesterday. Uh, Josh. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, because your 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 sister and uh, her husband yep. said, "Yeah, you gotta watch Naruto." I know, and I've been bugging you for a long time. I'm like, we should watch this. We should watch this. And he's like, later, later. Later, and I'm like, no, well, we have to watch it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Mia gave us a reason to, and oh, we're 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 really liking it so far. So mm-hmm. we're going to continue good. with the you know original Naruto, and then Shippuden after that, and then I think there is like a spinoff called Boruto or something like Boruto, that. Boruto, yeah. yeah, it's a newer one, I think. Yeah, it's got nothing on Naruto, but I do still watch it sometimes. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> good to know. But, yeah, so full disclosure, though, I actually just rewatched the whole show and binge through it in exactly a month leading up to this. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And I got excited when you guys contacted me because, like, I've been wanting to do that for a long time. Like, not just the Gullah stuff, but all 720 episodes. So I was like, oh, I don't know, like, the time commitment. But, like, now I had a legitimate reason to, like, I'm doing this through business now. Like, I'm doing it through science. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I oh gosh. Uh we well obviously we did not uh binge all seven hundred. We uh yeah, the thing about doing a podcast is like you wanna do all these things and you wanna watch stuff for entertainment, but with us doing something like this, we have to look at it with a critical eye sometimes and Yeah. Yeah. Like have different. to jump around watching shows depending on what people doing, I yeah, imagine. Yes, <laughs> right. right. That's why we we generally like to do movies. Um, or it's much easier, I should say. Now, if we've already mm-hmm. seen the show, yeah. then it's like, okay, this is much easier. Yeah. yeah. But this was but, something yeah. that we wanted to, you know, yeah. that, that we had that we had on our plate that we wanted to get to. And so again, this is a great opportunity. Uh, but Mia, why Naruto? Why why is this one of your favorites? See, that's the thing. I don't actually know how to explain <laughs> it, just beyond like, oh, it has really interesting characters. Um like you know some animes i love i can tell you exactly why it's my favorite with this one i'm just like you know i'm obviously gonna try but i don't know it's just like been so fascinating to me kept me just has kept me coming back for five years nonstop. um and yeah i don't know i mean obviously telling you my favorite character is like probably the biggest reason why i'm so um still so into this series but I I hate how much I'm gonna have to spoil because like, <laughs> like you've only seen like a little bit of him, but I was given permission to spoil and yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm autistic and I like to info dump about the stuff I'm obsessed with. So <laughs> that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> For those of you who do not know what Naruto is, it's kind of hard to like sum it up, but it is about a kid named Naruto. Who wants to become Hokage? Um, which I believe you is believe like, it, Josh. Yeah, he believes it. <laughs> yes, he does. Gosh, I have not heard like a catchphrase so many times. Oh. Aside from Doctor Stone, yeah. we would well, say, did you watch excited. the sub the dub though? <sighs> the okay. dub. Well, we uh-huh. did. We did watch the dub. That's why. <laughs> yeah, just because. Yeah, just because it's easier to process, honestly, <laughs> rather yeah. than reading. And I guess, yeah, like once you get used to it, it's not so cringe like it is. It, it wasn't like. I just like randomly see a clip of something. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, I don't know if it gets better, but in the dubbed version, <laughs> Naruto <laughs> He's really annoying. annoying. <laughs> yes. so, yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I mean, stop. there's a number of reasons why I actually like ship it and battle, but one of them is because he gets less annoying. <laughs> like he's oh, still okay. himself, but like there's that time stamp, so it's a little more mature. And- right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a little crybaby, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you mentioned uh, Gara, um, which is one of the uh, main characters from the Sand, Sand Village. Village. Yep. <laughs> uh, I watched a little bit. This is not really in the first season where it goes into his backstory. Did you actually see the backstory? Uh, I, I did watch some, some clips um, oh. online. That well, being like, <laughs> yeah. do you want to cry every single time? It is, oh gosh, it's so sad, his backstory. You just don't expect it, yeah. Right, I mean, essentially he's labeled as a monster from birth or from early childhood, and like, he has like no one to relate to, and so when you don't have anyone to relate to, 
or to kind of like share um, your feelings or dump your feelings on or talk about it with, then you become reclusive. And that pretty much makes uh, Gara who he is that we see in the series, um, which is just very stoic, just hates everyone essentially well it reminds me of at the very end of the um his match with uh rock lee best fight in the whole show (laughs) Uh, that was a good fight it was a really good fight yeah i remember guy his sensei guy sensei jumps down at the very end and he was like hey this is enough enough's enough man and Mm -hmm. um and he was like why do you even care gara asking guy and he was like because Rock Lee is precious to me. And it was like, and I remember Gara's sensei was like, ooh, that's something that Gara doesn't understand. He he doesn't understand how someone could be precious to him. And I was Which like- I disagree with actually, but that's a side note. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know about his kids later on, it's just like, no. <laughs> oh, guess he was misunderstood in many ways then. But yeah, I was like, something must have- really happened to him in his background mm-hmm. to for someone to even say that about him spoilers i don't know i'm just gonna do it but um, yeah go for yeah, it yeah, like, yeah, i mean like yeah because you saw like i mean like kind of towards the end of like the actual exam rounds like i don't know if you got to the point where it like explains what the monster inside him is it's like basically the same thing that naruto has that's a different tail beast that was sealed inside of him against his will at, before he was even born um but yeah, it's like, um, it like starts coming out and like they have this huge fight. I won't saw the actual context for it, but uh, it like has this huge fight with like the main three guys, but mostly Naruto. He actually like, you know, it's kind of like a tie, but it's like the first time he's like struggled so much in a fight, like to the point of like almost dying. And it like inspires this change in him because he's like, oh, like this guy's just like me, like literally has the same kind of tailed animal thing inside of him, but yet... His life looks so different. Um, and so eventually in Shippuden, he becomes the Kazikage, the leader of his village, because he does that 180 and just becomes like the most kind and wholesome human. And my heart, I just love him. And he needs to be protected and needs to have all the love and happiness. And I mean, yeah, ultimately, like his story is one of repentance. If we want to look at obvious Christian themes, but it was just like so fascinating to me, like from that first scene, because you know he's introduced as this like insanely powerful, mysterious, like villain type of character. Like, what's the deal with this guy? What's going on? Um, but then, yeah, later we see his backstory, which, in my opinion, there are a lot of sad backstories in the show, but he had the saddest, like by far. Um, but like you know, we saw he was like the sweetest kid in the entire world, despite being so hated and isolated until. He had just every ounce of love and dignity just violently taken away from him. Then, yeah, he becomes a leader of this village after turning away from his edgy ways. And, like, it's just a completely different person and has the biggest heart and forgives everyone who ever hurt him. And, you know, I've been kind of thinking about that. Like, if he was a real person and, like, this actually happened, like, our attitudes would be completely different. Like, there would be, like, outrage and a demand for justice. Like, this dude needs to be in prison and not made president. But in a fandom, like, we love him and, like, we're cheering him on, like, at least most of us do, because, you know, it's fiction and, like, we know his personality and motives and backstory so intimately. And I've just been kind of thinking, like, that's kind of similar to how God sees us. Like, no matter how other people see us or what we've done, like, he knows everything there is to know about us and more and still loves us, still wants to be with us and like doesn't hold stuff over us. Um, that's, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a really interesting way to, to look at it. Cause you're right. Gosh, if we pulled the same situation <laughs> into real life, there would be outrage. <laughs> we wouldn't make him president. That's really, really, really interesting, but you're right. The, that is how God looks at us. We've done all these terrible things against him and yet he doesn't hold it over us and forgives us and says, hey, you know what? We're actually going to adopt you into the family. How about that? And you get to be a princess or a prince. And you're like, wow, <laughs> I don't deserve <Yeah>. this. <laughs> it was interesting, too, how, like, um, you know, in his backstory, we have that scene where um, he's talking to his uncle about the pain in his heart that he doesn't know how to make it go away. 
just literally like a six-year-old kid who just deserves the world. But he's saying that and Yashimaru says, you know, the only medicine for wounds of the heart is love. And I was like, yes, preach. And then Gahu was like, oh, like, I need some of that. Like, where do I get it? And he's like, it's already been given to you by me and your mom before she died. And Gahu was kind of like, wait, what? Like, I don't get it. And I think we get that way with God's love a lot of times too. Like, we don't always notice it and we don't always have the feels or recognize it in the midst of pain and chaos. But that doesn't mean it's not there. Like, it was given to us while we were still enemies and if we choose to believe it and receive it, then it's ours. Um, and I mean, of course, there's that whole betrayal later with Yashimaru that made me hate him. So not a perfect illustration, obviously. But <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, you saw that scene where I was just like, dude, I will fight you. I will climb into the screen and fight you. Leave my <laughs> but that's what set Gala into his edgy years was like being told that he was never loved and was unlovable. Uh, and what ends up turning around again later on is when he was finally shown even just a little bit of kindness and empathy. Like, I don't know. I, I had canon that Jesus would have shown him compassion. <laughs> like he'd, um, like, I mean, he'd know his heart. Like, I'm just imagining a scene on like the chosen or something that God was in it, just talking to Jesus. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's so awful. No one, no one deserves to hear or be told that they're unlovable. Like, oh, how awful. That's heartbreaking. I'm sure it'll it'll still be heartbreaking, I'm sure, when we get to that point in the show. I've seen it like a million times and it still makes me <laughs> Oh. <laughs> that's definitely, you know, that's why I want to bring Gar out because uh, it was one of our main points. And again, your favorite uh, character. But getting into Naruto um, as a whole within the first season, when we start out, Naruto is kind of like, I guess you would say, like an outsider in his class. Because, you know, he's slacking off and, you know, he doesn't have his, like, you know, uh, what's the name? His uh, transformation, Shinju or... Jutsu. Jujutsu. Um, and barely passes to go into training to become a ninja. One thing that we picked out is during the Chunin exams and during... Uh, training between the trio of Sakura, Sasuke, and Naruto was just this feeling, especially on uh, Sakura's part, of just feeling useless and helpless. When you're in a team of three, you kind of feel like you're the weakest link. Like, what am I doing? Because Sakura, like, at least to us, like, she really did, like, aside from being a cheerleader, she really didn't, she like... She was the weakest link. She, she didn't, like, nothing. <laughs> She gets better later on, I promise. So, oh, yeah. thank goodness. That first season, I mean, she had a transformation a bit or yeah. awakening, I guess, oh, gosh. at one point. But yeah, it was like... When it always they... takes her back down as soon as she has a moment. Uh, yes. I consider it to be a writing glitch more than Sakura herself. But. It, was, it was like <laughs> yes. when uh, Naruto did the little introduction, it's like, Sakura uh, blossoms. I'm like, finally. <laughs> she needs to blossom. <laughs> <laughs> but I brought that up because I think in our Christian walk... We see that, oh, I'm not contributing enough, or this person's up here, I'm down here, what am I doing? I'm not, I'm, I feel helpless, I feel useless in, you know, ministry or my Christian walk or influencing others to come to Christ. I think this is a great uh, juxtaposition to what um, Sakura feels like I'm doing nothing. Naruto and Sasuke are pulling their own weight and mine. And when we get into these, trials and tribulations uh, i'm just standing here like just being a bystander and in the christian walk i think we all had at times like become a bystander of like hey you know they have a team doing this i don't need to volunteer i don't need to serve my contribution doesn't really mean a whole lot where in reality the truth is your contribution can mean life or death in terms of like winning someone over to Christ. Oh, in that term, yes. I was like, and not in children's ministry, you no. know, like that's not a life or death thing. But yes, it's very good to volunteer. <laughs> yeah, I think I like where you, I was wondering where you were going with that. But yeah, I think just like Sakura, sometimes we are a little bit useless in a way, but we have that thing inside of us, all of us do that is unique and special in a way that we can contribute our very own jutsu that's unique to us that we can contribute to the world and to the fight. And 
um, yeah, it's important. We're not, we're not useless. We have a very specific purpose. You know, Paul talks a lot about, I forget where it is. I think it's in Corinthians. We're talking about we're all one body. We can't all be eyes. We can't all be noses. Can't all be mouths. Like some of us are a liver. Some of, some of us are, you know, the one pinky finger, (laughs) you know, it's, um, but, but we all make up the full body and it's important and we don't function as well without Sunny, when you guys sent me the list of questions, I saw the like feeling useless quote. I'm like, we're totally talking about soccer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting though. I haven't thought about uh, in terms of Christianity, but I mean, yeah, like I've always felt useless my whole life, but like God still saw me as worth dying for. Like even if I didn't do anything ever, um, you know, like God doesn't look at us the way that we look at anime characters who don't contribute. I look at Salakura like someone who's just like holding a bat, like just let her die, whatever. But that's not Jesus. <laughs> that's right. Right. And uh, on the on that same kind of like uh, topic and overall theme of feeling useless or worthless, what we think we don't have much to contribute. Like there are countless stories in the Bible where God has taken like somebody very ordinary who probably thought that they weren't you know worth much. And used them for great things. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite examples is Moses. Mm-hmm. I mean, when God spoke to him in the burning. impediment stuff. Like- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He was like, Lord, me? No, no. I'm a murderer. I've got a speech impediment. I can't speak in front of crowds. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Find someone else. <laughs> God was like, okay, seriously? No, I still choose you. And he was still... Oh, he's still so gracious enough, God was, to say, okay, fine. If you think you can't speak in front of people, appoint Aaron to be the person who actually speaks to the people, but Aaron's going to say the words that I speak to you. And um, so he finds a way to work with us, you know, and God would have made him strong and made him, it would have been much more of a miracle if if Moses hadn't have um, put himself down so much, I think. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's a... like tells more of God's power too. Cause if he had yeah. chose someone who was already eloquent and it's right. just like, okay, cool. He knows how to give speeches. Not like this guy's giving a speech. Like what happened? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So God, God loves to use people who are the, the misfits and the outcast. And jumping on to one of our other points of, I guess we would say it kind of goes back to the first kind of like training that we had the, trio of Sasuke, Sakura, and Naruto in, where they think they, yeah, they're a team, but they are all thinking like individually. And that's where, um, oh, yes. oh what is their teacher's name? Um, Kakashi. Kakashi. How yes. could you forget Kakashi? Uh, yeah. uh, listen, Everyone's they're... apparently obsessed with him. All the merch I've seen is Kakashi. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> he's definitely up there for me. <laughs> but Kakashi, he instills in them. Your team, if one of you fails, your whole team fails. It's about lifting each other up, understanding one another, so that you can succeed in your missions or uh, your class A, C, D tasks, whatever it is, um, so that you can have success in those. And for Naruto, definitely takes him some time to kind of get that (laughs) through. But I think... In terms of like just worldly and Christianity as well, just like you said, Mia, with the church having that gap of kind of that ignorance of not knowing like people like you are, are similar. Oh, oh, these people exist. They have these struggles. They have these things that they deal with. But do we really take the time to understand that? And I don't think we do. Um, a lot of the times, whatever like differences we have, we say, we, we acknowledge, oh, there's difference about us, but we keep it at that and we don't really go any further. Would you say that's right? Um, yeah. You know, I was, I'm thinking about it as you were talking and I think there's, there, there are people who do, there are people who, if it's brought to their attention, then they'll think about it and go, gosh, yeah, I should. And then there's other people who just love people. You know, I don't know. They don't really think much about it. I think there's a good mix, but uh, overall, yeah, I do think it's it's hard. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I didn't have very much, honestly. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. And later on, you'll see like why Kakashi values teamwork so much. Like there's a whole big thing behind it because he was not always like that. 
but yeah, like I remember yeah, watching the first time too. I was just like, what are you guys doing? If you just like would make a plan and like ambush yeah. him with something instead of just trying to wing it. Yeah, it's important. And then they eventually, the second time they were tested by Kakashi, he they very, very explicitly were told if you share food or something, then mm-hmm. you will fail and you'll yeah. all be disqualified. And they had to make a choice. Do we protect our teammate or go and go against the rules or stay with the rules? And um, mm-hmm. they were like, well, we got to protect our teammate. It's important. Yeah. The one person that we haven't talked about yet is Sasuke. He's an interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's still at a point where he's still kind of cool and <laughs> isn't full on edgy and horrible. Um I mean, I think it's almost say that like it's not that much further, but uh, but yeah. Um, Does he have a redemptive story? Yes, but it it takes until like the end of the show. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, but yeah, like I mean, yeah, like he leaves the village. I mean, like Naruto going after Sasuke is like the whole premise of the show, so I don't even consider it to be much of a spoiler. But yeah, like the interesting thing about um. I mean, just like Naruto himself is that, you know, like he's wanted to be Hokage since episode one. And for a while, it was just so that he could be acknowledged. Um, Like as it goes on, like it becomes so much more than that. Like he wants to bring like genuine lasting peace and like and like end the cycle of hatred between all the nations. Um, Like, you know, it's not just about himself anymore. Um, I think that's ultimately like one of the main points of the show. But then like, say like, oh, you know, the main thing is going after Sasuke. Um, But it's like, even with that, like, you know, he likes to poke fun at like his obsession with Sasuke, but it's still just like, you know, shifting the focus away from himself and onto the safety and well-being of someone else. Because the reason why he leaves is like very (laughs) dangerous and not in his best interest. Um. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, we make fun of that, like, oh, like, you know, he just doesn't give him a Sasuke, everything's about Sasuke, but um, it's at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, is that not similar to how God pursues us and doesn't give up on us? Like, you know, does he not leave the 99 to go find the one lost sheep? I mean, obviously, unlike with Naruto, he's not forceful about it. Like, if someone really doesn't want him, he's not gonna drag them kicking and screaming into heaven. But yeah, like, I've been seeing people um, who seen that parallel and I was just kind of like huh like I didn't think about it that way but it's so true yeah it is interesting um I love the the that while as you were talking I was like wow that sounds like what that sounds like what God does for us um so yeah that's cool well that's kind of all the points that we had on Naruto but we want to go ahead and jump into our last segment uh we usually do this on the first Friday of the month. But again, as we told you all earlier this month, we're going to kind of save that for the end of September because we were watching a lot of the same things and didn't have much of an update for you guys. But it is time for What Are We Watching? This is what we're watching this week. And this is just the part of the show and the part of, this is part of the podcast where we just uh, talk about what we're enjoying listening to, watching, playing, reading, all the stuff of just what is making us um, happy this week and just what we're doing for pure enjoyment entertainment. So Mia, what are you listening to, playing, watching? Again, you don't have to give us all those things, but what are you enjoying lately? Yeah, I mean, after the big Naruto binge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to have to start getting caught up on One Piece again because I'm a little bit behind on that. If you think Naruto's long, One Piece is well over a thousand episodes and still going. So <laughs> I'm kind of slowly, like with a friend once a week, um, watching the disastrous Life of Psyche K. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's amazing. It's like the ultimate parody of every single anime trope in existence. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, that one's been fun. Kind of like on and off. Like I've, I've been like going through, like, I know we were talking about Kingdom Hearts when you contacted me. I'm like, kind of, I've never played those games before. So I'm going through them. Um, it's funny. Cause like, I'm seeing like so much Christian stuff in those games too. Like one of them has so much Jesus symbolism going on with King Mickey, but um, yeah, just kind of slowly, I finally beat Roxas, even though that took like 
thousand years because that plane is not fair. Uh, it is. Uh, it is so not fair. No. The, okay. Like. Uh, okay. For those of you who are not Kingdom Hearts fans, which I know why you would not be, but if you aren't, in Kingdom Hearts two, you fight Roxas, and there's a whole bunch of backstory that I could go into, but don't have time right now. In that fight, I died, gosh, eight, ten times maybe before I finally worked out a strategy. (laughs) (laughs) And when you, okay, so there, you do get a couple chances at a reprieve, but it's very quick. You get a menu option that comes up and you don't know where the option is going to be. Could be the top option. Could be the middle, could be the last one, but it says the end, and that's where you steal Rox's two keyblades, just start going ham on him. But if you're not that quick, kind of a lost cause. The only thing that's going to save you is either that or just great strategy, because apparently Sora doesn't know dodge roll instantly, <laughs> and that's something you have to acquire in one of the oh, drive forms. I grinded up to like level seventy something. That's how I beat him, and I still didn't. Get it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I gave up on the on the drive forms. I'm like, listen, I'm just kind of gonna do whatever. <laughs> um, uh, it's illegal how hard uh, that Yes, <laughs> I guess I'll go next. So we've been uh, we're still watching a couple of cuckoos um, on Crunchyroll. So that's been very interesting. Into more of the story on that. Yeah, and it's going. Is this that? This is the one that's going in a direction that we're not quite sure about, right? Yeah, right, right. Where he's basically he grew up with her as his sister, and he's kind of in love with her. And then this random girl that he's was switched places with at birth, and then a girl he's had a crush on forever. And it's like he can't make up his mind. And I'm like, oh no, where are you going with this? I mean, Maybe go for one who's not supposed to be a sister. Um, yeah, right, exactly, right. <laughs> I mean, at least he's not as bad as the as the guy in Rent a Girlfriend. He just doesn't know what he wants. I gave up on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we still need to go back to Skeleton Knight in another world. As far as um, games go, I finally finished God of War, which was great. So I'm definitely looking forward to Ragnarok, which is coming out soon. I tried the game for uh, Returnal. I I gave up after after about a couple hours. Uh, for those of you who don't know, anytime you die or you quit out of the game, it doesn't auto save. There is no save option. You just play it, and if you die, you get sent back to where you started from. I'm like, listen, I I like challenging games. I'm not having any of this. <laughs> That's for the people who want to sit down and binge it all in one yeah one sitting. Uh, <laughs> Well, it even comes up with a uh, disclaimer on the first uh, screen of the game. It's like, this is meant to be a challenging game. Challenging, not impossible. Well, it's a good thing they, they gave you that, you know, warning. Yeah. The, so the, you knew. The, yeah, the, 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 the developers, it's like, there's going to be a guy named Josh who's going to play this. And you got to make it really difficult so he won't play it. Uh, but Rebecca, uh, what have you been, um, what, what, aside from what we watched together, what have you been up to? Well, I have been going through Hunter Hunter. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. Not too, but. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's excellent. I think, where am I? Season five? Is it with the Chimera ants? So yes. Weird. Yeah. yeah. That's like a beloved season, but I was not a fan. I don't know. It was just I, odd to me. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of this season. Like, I'm watching it. It's good. I want to know what happens. But yeah, I liked the other seasons better. Mm-hmm. So we want to thank uh, Mia once again for joining us on our podcast. Mia, if people want to follow you, kind of uh, stay up to date with what's going on with, with you, how can they do that? Um, so I'm mainly on Instagram, like Twitter too, but I don't use it that much. These days, um, it's MiaSai official. It's M I Y A S A E. Um, and then MiaSai.com is the website. Um, we do like, um, um, if you like sign up for the email list, you can get a free devotional that is anti shame, like um, the stuff we were talking about. And um, yeah, I am hopefully eventually will get my book published. But until then, um, yeah, the updates will mostly be on Instagram. Wonderful. And for those of you who are listening on the podcast, if you want to see the full conversation with us and Mia, 
you can go over to our YouTube channel, again, Analuya, and you can find that there. You can also follow us on our socials, again, Analuya Podcast on Instagram, Analuya on Twitter and Facebook. Once again, we want to thank all of you for listening, and until next time, keep those halos shiny and stay holy, my friends. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Analuya Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with all the latest information. We would love to hear your comments and questions about today's episode, as well as suggestions for future episodes. You can message us on our socials or email us at contact at analuya.com. 